Today, we're, as you've already heard the scripture read, we're at Psalm 23. Trust in God is the key to a life without lack. Uh, in an old TV western entitled Gunsmoke, some of you might remember, some of you might have to Google it or YouTube it. There was an outlaw traveling on a train disguised as a clergy, as a minister of the gospel. And one of the main characters of the show, his name was Doc Adams, was on the same train and he was caring for a dying man. And when death seemed so near, the conductor called on the black-suited clerical imposter to provide some comfort to the dying man. When he reached the bedside of the dying man, the dying man asked the fake clergy, the clerical imposter, to read Psalm 23, but the imposter had no idea what Psalm 23 was. So the fake clergyman fumbled his way through the Bible, which for him was just a prop for his impostorship, so that he might look like a man of God. He finally found Psalm 23 with the help of Doc Adams. He reads Psalm 23 with awkwardness for the first time in his life. And the moral of the story is that even though the psalm was read through an unfaithful voice, through an imposter, the dying man was calmed. Peace entered his dying soul. The dying man's favorite text was read to him as he passed into the shadow of the darkest valley, through the shadow of death. This scene from the old TV Western illustrates the power of Scripture. The power to move us, to comfort us, and guide the humble heart in the most extreme circumstances of life, even death. Psalm 23 has moved countless human souls in its time as it's one of the most memorized scriptures in the entire Word of God. How can we properly do it do today? Very simple verses, six in total. The Psalms is a beauty. It is one of the living in the here and now, how we live life in the midst of darkness, and how we can be assured that God is here, in the here and now. It's not just a funeral Psalm, that's what we associate it with. It's Psalm of trust, a Psalm of trust in the living God. That is, it's a psalm of belonging. It's a psalm of friendship with God. Like Abraham was a friend of God, the psalmist is a friend of God. It's a psalm of God's faithfulness to us and our faithfulness to him. It's about covenantal faithfulness with our God. It begins with those comforting words, the Lord is my shepherd. Powerful words, enlightening words. Psalm 23 is an expression of confidence in the protective and provincial care of Yahweh, our God, and upon whom the psalmist expressed absolute dependence and loyalty. The psalm begins with those words that I just uttered. The Lord is our shepherd. That's a hopeful claim, is it not? Hope. The first line of the psalm serves as our guide throughout the psalm. We're not traveling alone. The Lord is with us. He guides us as his flock to food. He guides us as his flock, as sheep to drink. The shepherd also defends his flock from the predators that lay waiting to assail his sheep. 
He knows the right paths to take. He guides us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, the metaphor of a shepherd is not merely about one who cares for sheep and people. It has even a deeper meaning. The shepherd was a metaphor also used for kings in the ancient Near East and the leaders of the ancient world. Even Egyptian leaders are depicted often with a shepherd's staff in their hand. David himself was both a shepherd and a king. And most people agree that he was the author or the influencer of this psalm. And he used his role as a shepherd boy to persuade King Saul to give him permission to go fight that giant Goliath whom he defeated. David knew what it was like to fight off predators in the field as he went about doing his shepherd duties. The prophet Ezekiel and other prophets warn us of false shepherds, false shepherd kings who feed on people instead of feeding the people, who abused the flock instead of protecting the flock. In our days, we often see this in the abuse of the populace by self-serving, flaky politicians. See, the psalm points us to the true shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He establishes that in the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. Since the shepherd who rescued his people from Egypt, who provided for his people food and drink in the wilderness, who guided his people on their return from the exile, who made sure that his people crossed the Jordan and entered into the promised land. This is the shepherd who will still guide his people in the moments of fearful crisis that we are experiencing today. Crisis that robs us of our joy. Crisis that robs us of our peace. Be assured today that the Lord is your shepherd. The shepherd is, is what we've been singing about of late. It was the theme song in our last sermon series in the morning. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who he is. He's our God. He's our shepherd. He's our shepherd king. Even when we cannot see him, he is working. Even when we cannot feel him, he is working. God is at work daily. The Lord is our shepherd, but the Lord is also our provider. We lack nothing. Hello? We lack nothing. Dallas Willard has written an excellent book on Psalm 23 about life without lack. It's a good read for you during these times, if you have time to get a copy. The life without lack is where the people of God have learned to trust in God in the moment of need, not before the moment of need, not after the moment of need, but right smack in the moment of need God will provide. Hear now what Dallas says to us all. He says, a life without lack is all about knowing the unlimited sufficiency of God in the moment of need. When you're betrayed, hello, abandoned, hello, lied about, hello, and scandalized, when you are sick with a fatal disease, when your finances are going down the drain, when you see your loved one through the doorway of hell, this and that is the moment to trust God. And in trusting God, you will know God. Your point of desperation will likely not involve being sawed and two or wandering about destitute in sheepskins, but it might. 
Regardless, when you have nowhere else to turn except to God and you turn to him, your faith of desperation will meet the fullness of God. Hello? Your faith of desperation will meet the fullness of God. And you will discover the depths of the faith of sufficiency. And I know to trust in hard times is hard. To trust in the midst of tragedy that we experienced in the Atlantic last week, it's hard. But our role is to ask, our role is to seek, our role is to knock, and our role is to wait upon the Lord. To we live in this world that we've been sharing about that is contained throughout Scripture, in this world of promise, struggle, fulfillment, promise, struggle, fulfillment, promise, struggle, fulfillment. There's no faking our faith like that imposter clergy on the train in the episode of Gunsmoke, faking his identity. We are called by God to trust in him because the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my provider. Once again, to trust God is to know God. Those who trust in Yahweh as the shepherd and king will never lack what they need. We lack nothing. So the Lord is our shepherd, the Lord is our provider, and the Lord, shepherd, king, is also our guide. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a famous one, also contained to the memory of many followers of Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Straight. See, the shepherd took his sheep, on long migrations. He knew the right path to take. He knew how to find sufficient food. He knew how to find sufficient water. The knowledge was essential to his role of the good, as a good shepherd and king. He's honest, he's trustworthy. The shepherd will get us to where we need to go. The sole role of the shepherd king is to benefit his sheep, to benefit us, his people, not to harm us, Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the pathfinder. Jesus is the treadsetter. He's our shepherd, and he's also our king. And he will lead us along right paths, paths of righteousness, paths that contain the, the metaphor and the symbolization of, of righteous scales, not scales that weigh uh, incorrectly, but they're honest scales for his namesake, for his glory, for his honor, that we walk along this path. See, life is not a self-guided tour. We have a guide, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Lord, Shepherd King. So the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our provider. The Lord is our guide, and the Lord is our protector. Our protector. See, from a life without lack of provision, the psalmist moves to this description of fearful threat. We're walking through the darkest valleys. I know some of your versions have the shadow of death, but most scholars will agree it's about the darkest valleys. And we're moving into this place of fearful threat, and we right now are living in this space and time of fearful threat. In the migration through the spring landscape, 
in the Middle East in search of ever elusive grass and water. It's basically desert out there. So don't picture green pastures like the ones we see in Prince Edward Island or Ireland or Scotland or other places. The flock must pass at times into and through deep ragged wadis. Wadis are places, are channels that for most of the year are dry and then they fill up during rain season. But under these places, dry stream beds cut through semi-desert hills by the seasonal torrents, unleashed by the winter rains. See, the air in the bottom of these wadis is heavy and the rising heat of the day and the canyon depths are swathed in dark shadows as the rising cliff walls exclude the distant sun casting that sh dark shadow. At this moment of crossing the wadi floor, the pleasant scenes of green pastures and still water seem far removed. There's no grass, there's no water there. The heat can be oppressive and the whole flock must struggle up the steep sides of the canyon to resume its journey towards the next feeding place. It's here that we must all pass through. It's here that we learn that life is not just a journey. This is a pilgrimage song, a sojourner's song. Life is not only a journey, but it also requires effort and it also encounters conflict and troubles. It's a place of danger. It's a place of darkness. It's a place of uncertainty. But take heart that the Lord's staff or the Lord's rod is there to comfort you, to protect you. We can't help but be reminded of the words of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God, made popular by Handel's Messiah. This is also a messianic song. It's pointing us to Jesus Christ. The consequence of this comforting from the Lord's rod and staff is that I will fear no evil. When we look at the word comfort in the Hebrew language, it's like someone's being choked. And then someone comes to relieve the person being choked so that they can breathe freely again. Do you feel like you're being choked these last few weeks? or maybe months now, and you're longing to breathe again, then the psalm this is saying that the Lord is our shepherd that frees you, that you may breathe properly again. In life, we come to times in which with our lives are threatened by war, economic crashes, viruses. It's in these times that we are to trust God in our shadow lands of uncertainty, if we fear God, we will fear no evil. Hello? If we fear God, if we reverve God, we will fear no evil. In whatever form it presents itself, despite the oppressive and threatening setting, the psalmist is not afraid. He's not afraid. He knows that there's no magical escape, and the only way forward is to go through it. And it was the same for the people of Israel in the exile and also in the wilderness. There was no way to go but go through it. Hear me right and hear me clear. War, economic crashes, and deadly viruses are real and offer good reasons for us to be fearful. 
But it's at these moments, in this moment of need right now, that we are to trust in God for a life without lack to get us through to the other side. Not back to normal, but as I said a few nights ago, back to better, not back to normal. See, real fear fades in the presence of the shepherd king who rescues us. We do not stay in the darkest valleys of the shadow of death. We pass through those moments and take heart because God is with us. Be assured that evil is present in the world, not only at this time of crisis, at all times, but it is not to be feared. Confidence in God is the source of a new orientation of life in Jesus and in the Spirit. The journey leads us to the temple. It leads us to the Lord's house. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord shepherd is our provider. The Lord shepherd is our guide. The Lord shepherd is our provider. And now we go from the divine shepherd king to the divine host. From the outdoors to the inside of a divine house, the house of the Lord. We started with the Lord is our shepherd and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever to finish it. The psalm is sandwiched by the presence in the Lord's house and the Lord's accompaniment, his companionship. We are now in God's safe house, a place for weary and tired travelers. The weary psalmist, the weary, weary traveler, the weary shepherd is, is offered an abundant food and drink and oil. Oil that represents the anointing of a king. Oil that represents the anointing of the messianic king, King Jesus. Oil that represents what the Holy Spirit does to the royal priesthood, to those that are part of God's kingdom. Our pilgrimage, our journey has led us to the house of the Lord, aren't you glad? Where goodness and loving kindness flows without measure and our cups overflow. That means our thirst is quenched. Our thirst is satisfied with the water of the Lord. Reference to the living water of Christ. We're in God's presence, where life is evident. And we're his guests, aren't you glad? He's our host and we're his guests. And he says, come on in. Come on in, all you weary travelers, all you tired people, all you burdened people, all you confused people, come on in. And I will take care of you. See, the faithful, though experiencing divine presence and reward for their faithfulness, are still amongst their enemies. He's prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. I don't know if they're at the table or at the sidelines looking at us, but they're there. They're there. Because the journey's not over. Not yet. It's only a stopover. A stopover until God decides to make all things right for the coming of his son. See, we need to acknowledge to ourselves and to others that being in Christ does not mean that the troubles, the cares, the pains, and the dangers of this world are simply removed from us. We remain in the presence of the, our enemies, yet the God without lack provides for us everything we need in this present moment. 
In sunshine or dark shadow, God, the one who is faithful, calls us to go with him into his future. And he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow us. That means God's goodness and God's mercy will prevail and will accompany us on the journey that we have left before we get to that great banquet that is awaiting everyone. See, Psalm 23 highlights the call to faithful living in the midst of danger, speaks to the needs of the life of Yahweh, of the follower of Yahweh, rather. It still remains a beautiful image for our continuing lives as Christians and followers of Jesus. It assumes that where one is now is not where one is heading. We still got a way to go. We still got a way to go, but we are not alone. The Lord, our shepherd king, is with us. And we all await for that day to come. There's hope that is burning within our hearts. And, and as I come to a close now, Pastor Brian Morgan reminds us in Psalm 23 about the following. The Lord is our shepherd is beside me. He's my shepherd. He's my companion. He's my advocate. He's my comforter. He's the one that comes to me when I, I can't breathe anymore and I'm choking. And he releases space within my breathing so that I may breathe freely again. He's my friend. So he's beside me, but he's also beneath me. He leads me to green pastures. In other words, he leads me to rest and nourishment. He is near me. Still waters. Still waters. Refreshment. Ahead of me. He knows what paths we got to take. He knows where we need to put our next step in life. Righteous paths, guidance. He is within me. He restores my soul. He renews my soul. He refreshes my soul. Use whatever word you want. It's a sign of restoration. He protects those against me, my from uh, protects me from my enemies. He is for me, his rod and staff, they comfort me. He's my defender. Around me, a table land. Upon me with his anointing oil, above me with overflowing blessings, behind me with goodness and mercy, continued forgiveness on the journey. All leading me to the Father's house. That's what's before us. The shepherd is guiding us to the temple of God, to the Father's house. God's companionship, my friends, as Shepherd King transforms every situation that we find ourselves in. That's why we can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside those still waters. He restores, refreshes, renews my spirit. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or through the darkest valley, whatever translation you want to use there. His rod and staff, they comfort me. I will fear no evil. He's prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. He's anointed our heads with oil. Our cups overflow. Surely goodness and mercy 
will follow us all the days of our life. For we shall dwell, or I shall dwell, in the house of the Lord forever. God bless you. Amen.